Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is I've Got Guilt. Friends, one of my favorite lines from Disney's Toy Story 1 comes from the dinosaur. You can hear it in the conversation between him and the slinky dog. What have we done? Great, now I have guilt. When I think of guilt, I typically don't think of myself or what's happening in my own mind. You see, I try to keep a clean slate. When I'm wrong, I say I'm sorry, work it out, and move on. I feel like guilt is an emotion that's a waste of time and energy. It doesn't help. It can't change the past. It doesn't promote good in our future. Instead, it weighs us down, holds us back, and creates anxiety, stress, and problems. But as my Best Life team and I go from conference to conference, encouraging women to live their best life, I see the same thing over and over. Women are holding on to the past and they're feeling guilty. Each one of us has things we regret. Each one of us wishes that we didn't say something, do something, act a certain way, go somewhere, had those friends, or treated our kids that way. Guilt can be debilitating, but at times, guilt can be a propeller to better behavior. Let me show you what I mean. I think about a recent phone conversation I had with my friend Kathleen. She called a doctor's office to discuss a very large medical bill. She needed information. The woman, on the other hand of the conversation, was abrupt, without emotion, and very curt with my friend. Kathleen needed someone to explain, encourage, and help. Instead, the woman snapped at my friend over and over. Finally, Kathleen said to her, You don't need to treat me like this. I need help. You can do this. You don't need to act like this. Well, it didn't help. I wonder if that woman went home that night and let Kathleen's words absorb in her brain. Perhaps guilt settled in around her like a heavy blanket on a cold winter night. Or maybe she's just hard-hearted and guilt would not soften her conscience. Guilt can make us sick with worry. It can change our course because we can hide. Or guilt can be something that sneaks in and works together with our conscience to make us behave at a better level. Sometimes when I look back at my divorce, I can allow myself to feel guilty, really guilty. My girls were teenagers, and it was difficult on them. They had to move to a new high school. Yes, high school of all places. They had new teachers, a new building, new town, new house, and had to make new friends. All three of them went through terrible depression, and alone, they felt like I was not there. Their addict father was no help, He could hardly help himself. I took them to counselors, took them to pastors, prayed over them, and nothing helped. Finally, a medical doctor put all three of my children on antidepressants. There were days when my youngest daughter would sit in the middle of her new bedroom on the floor and cry, just cry. My middle daughter became angry and lashed out. My oldest daughter pretended that nothing was wrong and lived in denial. I felt guilt then. I woke up with it. I went to bed with it. It consumed my being. Until one day, a good friend reminded me that guilt wasn't being productive. It was robbing me of a better life, my best life. I began to use that guilt to see what was upsetting me, 
My conscience felt sick about divorcing my spouse, but there was nothing else to be done to be free from his abuse and addiction. I couldn't change that. I learned during that period of time to partner guilt with conscience when necessary, but not to let it overstep its boundaries in my soul. It only was useful when God was convicting me of sin, not when I was judging myself. If we are guilty about our past mistakes, it holds us back from moving forward. If you have a conscience working, unlike the woman at the medical office, you need to ask forgiveness. Once you've done that, make sure you accept God's forgiveness and move forward to ask whoever you may have harmed for their forgiveness. Take the big eraser of Jesus' blood on the cross that forgives us of sin and wipe your heart clean. A new slate. Move forward. Move onward. Learn from the past mistakes and use the guilt to convict, but not to control. I love this quote by Philip Brooks. You must learn, you must let God teach you that the only way to get rid of your past is to make a future out of it. God will waste nothing. I learned that guilt wasn't productive in my spirit. It created pain, stress, and had a root of bitterness that wanted to suffocate me. But sometimes it creeps back in. The only ongoing struggle for me currently with guilt is this one, rest. I don't like to rest because before the past few months, I always felt that rest wasn't productive. If I wasn't working, well, guilt would sneak in. Here's an entry from my journal. This morning, I got a call from an old friend. She woke up to bake homemade caramel rolls, ventured out on this cool spring morning to plant flowers, read, and was going to take a nap. As I listened, something happened to me. I found myself begrudging my friend's peaceful day. I was working on the computer, eating a piece of dried toast, feeling overwhelmed, and I wondered how she created space for fun without guilt. And then it hit me. She's in control of her time. Her time isn't in control of her. There was no guilt swirling about in her mind and heart. How do we get to a place where we set healthy priorities without guilt? Look at your life. Anything that doesn't resonate with putting God and family first must go. Make quality time for God. Create space for your family and yourself. No guilt. No room for it. So joining me on today's episode of Your Best with Kathy Weckworth is my dear friend and Best Life staffer, Pastor Louis Schultz. Pastor Louis has served as a pastor of churches in the Twin Cities for over 25 years. Louis, I'm so glad that you're here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this really difficult, horrific topic. We're talking about guilt. How do you feel? Do you feel ready to talk about it? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I love that. Good. I just, I guess I choose the really tough ones and then call you and say, be on my show. (laughs) How sweet of you. I know, I'm a nice friend. So Pastor Louie, as a highly respected pastor serving churches for over 25 years, do you ever experience guilt? Yes, ma'am. And the simple reason is I like every humanoid sin. And the Bible says we've all sinned. It's a, a universal predicament for us as men and women and teenagers and boys and girls. And so, yes, I do experience guilt. Yes. Okay. So sometimes people think that pastors are just, you know, outside of all of the realm of nature, emotions, natural things that everybody else feels. So now that you've said that, you know, you experience guilt, how do you deal with that nagging, reoccurring kind of guilt? 
that just keeps getting you in the bottom, just keeps biting you? What do you do? Well, that's a great question because it's something that all of our listeners experience because we experience it. And the most common times that I experience reoccurring guilt is when I do things that I have done before that I know are wrong, and then I do them again, and, you know, the enemy comes and says, boy, this one's a hard one for you, isn't it? And how dare you consider yourself a real believer and even a pastor at that? And the nice thing about guilt is it's sort of like our our soul's way of going danger, danger, so that we get off of whatever train we're on that's that's about to wreck something, a relationship or our bodies or something in our life. So in some respects, I'm a fan of guilt, genuine guilt, but... Um, I, I have found the only way for me to get through it without becoming overwhelmed and depressed is when I tell myself the truth. Because the Bible says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Later in the book of Romans, he says, there's no one righteous, no, not one. Nobody does the right thing 100% of the time. And the Bible also tells me what God has done to handle my sin guilt. And Isaiah wrote, all we like sheep go astray, we turn everyone to our own way. But God has laid on Jesus the sins of the whole world. And so I need to remember when I'm experiencing that nagging guilt, that the truth is, all of that legal requirement of of God's laws, when I violate them, all of that has been handled by Jesus Christ at the cross. Colossians 2.10 says that the whole rap sheet, the whole list, the decree of everything I've ever done and ever will do was nailed to the cross, and when Jesus declared it is finished, the the payment was made, and my rap sheet was stamped, paid in full in the blood of Jesus. When I remember those things that are true, and that there is now, Romans 8, 1, no condemnation. That word just means final judgment. There's no final judgment for anyone who belongs to Jesus, who has received the gift of his forgiveness, and his taking my sin on the cross. Now I'm in a new position. And Romans 8 also says that God's perspective is, how dare anyone ever accuse Louis or Kathy or Dean or John, whom God has chosen for himself? Will God do that? No. He's the one who gave us right standing with himself. goes on to say, who then will condemn us. Will Christ Jesus? No. He's the one who died for us, was raised to life for us, and sits right now at the place of honor next to the Father in heaven, praying for us. So in order to escape what can be overwhelming guilt, 
especially of sins that I commit more than once, I need to be someone who tells myself the truth. Does that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. And I love the fact that you began to talk about the issue that guilt is kind of a twofold thing, because we've talked about it earlier in the show, and that is that there is a good guilt, I believe, that God uses through the Holy Spirit to convict us. Just like you said, danger, danger, this isn't right, come back, come on, turn around. And then there's the guilt that I believe the enemy comes in after that and says, oh, look how awful you are. Look what you did. You're worthless. You're no good. You can't do that. And I know you as my friend, and you know me, and we've both been in times and places in church land where we feel bad about something and we feel guilty. You know, why did we have to say that to somebody? Why did somebody act that way? How come we responded that way? It's just human nature. Why did you allow the drums on the stage? Don't you know <laughs> how evil those are? That's right. That's right. And and we can feel guilty about things. And there's a place in time where it's good and a place in time where it takes a step past that to be the enemy coming in. So right. I want to know, can you name a time recently when you felt guilty about something and you were able to change your course because of that conviction and and maybe a time when, you know, it's not from God, maybe a time when it's just from the enemy. Well, funny you should ask that, because just this week earlier, and God must have allowed this to happen because he knew we were going to be talking about this. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, was, I was following a car into Big Lake, and I was in the turn lane, and I was in a hurry to get to my appointment in Cocado or somewhere like that. And the light turned green, and a big truck made the turn, but the guy right in front of me behind the big truck was stopped and not moving. And I'm staring at this green arrow, and I'm going, I've got to get through this light. And so I I put my horn, not just once, but three times, Kathy, Uh-oh. I laid on my horn, and then the, as the light turned yellow, we were both able to get through, and as we were going through the intersection, I noticed that right in front of the guy in front of me, that truck had stopped. There was no more room for somebody to turn because it was backed up, Hmm. but I hadn't seen that, and I was just being obnoxious because I wasn't aware of my surroundings, and what's interesting is God would have it as I felt the guilt of having honked at this poor soul and probably made them feel nervous, we got to the next light in Monticello, and the guy was right next to me in the lane next to me, and his Uh-oh. window was open. Okay. And so I rolled down my window, and I shouted out, Hey, hey, and he didn't, he didn't acknowledge right away, and I got a little louder, and he turned and kind of startled, and I said, Sir, I am so sorry. I wasn't paying attention to see that you couldn't keep going and turn and light was green and and he forgave me. But, you know, that's where, you know, when I do something stupid and I become aware of it, sometimes God gives me an opportunity right away to deal with it. And I believe the Bible teaches us to keep current accounts, not just short accounts, but keep accounts current in our marriages, with those in our workplace, in our neighborhood, our church, 
if we're aware of something that we did or didn't do that may have offended someone else, it's really important to handle it right away so it doesn't stew in their mind or sit on your soul like poison. Right, right. So let me ask you a little bit about the debilitating, is that how you say it, debilitating, uh, guilt that people can feel. So, you know, frequently we'll go to Best Life conferences and women will line up afterwards to talk to our speakers and they'll talk about being guilty that they got a divorce. They'll talk about being guilty that they, you know, had some trouble with drugs in high school or um, they, you know, embezzled $59 from their, you know, works drawer at, at work. They'll, they'll talk about things that are in the past that have made them guilty and they get bound by that. And it's really difficult. Now, you and I know that John 10.10 talks about the thief, the enemy, Satan coming to destroy us, um, just wanting to take good things from life from us, but that Jesus brings abundant life. He wants us to live our best life. So what would you tell somebody that walked up to you after you had spoken and said, look, I'm just living in the biggest guilt. You know, I, I can't get over it. How would you tell them to start getting out of that? Well, as I have encouraged people, you know, and even my wife um, on many occasions, I, I ask people, so when you're feeling guilty, what are you thinking? Because the Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. And every feeling, negative or positive, initiates with a thought. That's why the Bible in Philippians 4, 8 says, only think on things that are, are lovely and pure and of good report and virtuous. And so I challenge people, so what is it you're thinking when you feel this horrible guilt? And, you know, well, some people think, you know, God hasn't forgiven me or couldn't forgive me. And then you remind them that the Bible says God has separated us from our sins as far as the East is from the West. And it's like one old preacher said, and he posts a no fishing sign when he buries it in the deepest ocean. And that's true. And, and to remember that when we think things that are contrary to what God has said, it will always make us miserable, because then we're vulnerable, as you said, to the enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And I think of the example of Peter and Judas. So both Peter and Judas betrayed their friend Jesus, and Judas went into isolation and despair and killed himself, that's one possibility, <clears throat> even when we don't kill ourselves physically. Sometimes we we destroy ourselves by thinking evil things about ourselves based on the accusation of the enemy. But Peter, on the other hand, went and interacted with the other disciples where he could be reminded of his relationship with Jesus, and that Jesus hadn't forsaken him, even it though he betrayed Jesus. And we see that beautiful reconciliation in John 20 and 21, where Jesus makes uh, breakfast for them after they were fishing, and he, he restores Peter. So those are the two ways we can handle the guilt when we do 
violate God's design. We can either run into isolation and despair and let our thoughts overwhelm us and bring us negative emotions, or we can find those that know the truth and and tell them, this is what I'm thinking, and let them deal with it with you. Because James 5, 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray for each other so that you would be healed. Now, our Catholic brothers and sisters do that much better than us Protestants. They have a thing called confession, where one person confesses to another person. It's actually very biblical, and that prayer over that person following their confession, the Bible says, brings them healing. Hmm. Interesting. So with the the whole thought process of guilt, I like the fact that you said something that I also said earlier before you and I spoke, and that is, it's a really important thing to keep a clean slate. So when you're, you know, knowing that you've done something wrong and you start feeling guilty, that's the time to confess, whether to another person, you know, where you're shouting at them at the stoplight saying, I'm sorry, (laughs) or whether it's to your husband, your wife, your child, you know, your boss, um, whoever it is that you've offended, to say that you're sorry, take care of it right then. And then exactly. that horrible guilt that slips and slides in, why did I have to do that? Why did I take that job years ago and leave my child and with their grandmother? All of that stuff that just slows us down, that we can't get past. I think it's so important for our listeners to hear, you've got to just dump that right at the feet of Jesus. You have to let him handle it. Amen. And you have to get up and walk away, walk out of it, get free from it, or it will hold you back. So, Pastor Louis, what's one last thought about guilt that you want to share with the listeners today? I just am so thrilled by the grace of God, the undeserved favor, and, and, and His complete covering and dealing with all of the legal requirements of His design. He, knew, he knows that our, our frame is dust. So it doesn't surprise him when we fail. And he loves it when we come to him. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the pain of the cross. I believe he loves it when we run to him. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That, my friend, is good news. That is good news. And if Jesus is forgetting it, we need to forget it as well. Pastor Hallelujah. Louis, yes. Thanks so much for being with me today and talking about this hard subject and blessings to you. I receive it. God bless you. Sometimes we feel guilty because we're not perfect. We've made mistakes. We don't like it, so we live in an attitude of misery. Is this where you're at today? You don't want the forgiveness of the Savior? It's easier to just not like yourself, and you embrace guilt. Listen to the words of this song. I'm telling you something, this God we believe in, he changed everything. No more guilt, no more shame. Let's listen for Hawk Nelson's fabulous song, Live Like Your Love. You're not the only one who feels like this, feeling like you lose more than you Like life is just an endless hill you climb You try and try, but never arrive I'm telling you something, this racing, this running Oh, you're working way too hard And this perfection you're chasing 
as leaders we deal with guilt in a business setting this is john jennings with leadership moments as a leader there are times when we must make decisions that are best for our organization that will leave someone else unhappy when we do what's best we must move forward without anxiety over the decision however when there are decisions made that harm someone unintentionally we can feel overwhelmed with guilt it can become all-consuming if we let it Here are a few strong steps to take to move forward as a leader when dealing with guilt. Number one, assess the damage. Look at how the decision impacted the entire team and determine if you can avoid problems in the future. Be aware of what part of the decision-making process was yours and then own it. Number two, make amends. 
If you have led a team to make decisions that were harmful to others within the organization, work at resolving the conflict. A leader leads by example, so make sure to verbally apologize for troubles you have created. Admitting your failure makes you a better leader. Number three, value others. Make sure when apologizing for mistakes that you remind the team that they are valued. If you continually let them know they are valued and partner that with your apology, your leadership will be appreciated. Number four, if possible, remedy any mistakes and make efforts for good solutions. Look at the impact and weigh whether or not your decisions had some room to still make changes for the better. Quickly put them into motion. And number five, stop feeling guilty. We all make mistakes. Try to learn from the mistake, be kind and humble, and move forward. Company strategist Eric Holtzclaw says this about guilt. Guilt is a part of the entrepreneurial journey. At some point, you will say the wrong thing to an employee, spend money on an improvement to your business that doesn't pan out, or miss your daughter's swim meet. I have made every one of these mistakes in my past, and what I've learned is that though I feel guilt over what happened, the bigger problem is these mistakes feed my fear of failure, that somehow a mistake is so big it will impact my ability to ever be successful as a person or as a business. Listeners, God is ready to forgive us for our sins. He sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross to pay that penalty. Scripture tells us in Ephesians 1, 7 and 8, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. There is no room for guilt in our lives. Conviction, yes. Guilt, no. It's a joy stealer, an energy stealer, a fault finder, a downer. We don't need it. We don't want it. We don't have to have it. Take control. Kick guilt right out of your heart today. Don't let it take up a place of residence. Be free. Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, help us to stride freely through wide open spaces seeking you, your knowledge, your forgiveness, your freedom, because we know that the truth will set us free and that truth is the work you did on the cross for us. Help us be free from guilt. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.